It's time to go full speed ahead with Michael Kelly. Each week, we take you inside all the big sports stories at USF from the perspective of the man who oversees the program, Vice President of Athletics, Michael Kelly. With today's show, here's your host, Derek Sharp. Well, we love Microsoft Teams helping us not only record this podcast, but we need it today because we have an incredible team of guests that we'll get to in just a little bit. But first, speaking of incredible, the story of the men's basketball team and continues to be just that. Uh, leading up to a pretty important couple of games this week. I know as we're taping this, the Bulls haven't played Wednesday night yet, and uh, we're not looking past that. Sunday is shaping up to be something that we haven't seen in a long time. Yeah, this is such an exciting week in general, an exciting time at USF uh, Athletics. We we had uh, multiple events. It was the beginning of softball season last week. We had Stampede for Women Luncheon, which we'll talk about here shortly. Uh, but then now uh, this week, chock full with uh, uh, a couple of men's basketball games, a women's basketball game tonight. And this weekend also, so two for both. So you get to see all the basketball action you could ever want. You've got the opening of baseball season this weekend. You've got more softball. We've got tennis. Uh, <laughs> just, just, just nonstop stuff to come see here at USF. So as particularly as we gear ourselves uh, past our midweek games for basketball and get ready for this weekend, again, just incredible, incredible opportunity to to, to see everybody. So I say that for a couple of reasons. Number one. Hey, as it relates to baseball and softball, not too late to get your double play pass, $99, best value in town to see every single game that you want to uh, for men's baseball and for, for women's softball. Uh, basketball, we've got, uh, again, this, this weekend, a, a women's game at night on Saturday against FAU. Then Sunday, the men uh, have a chance to play uh, FAU at noon national television. There's just, a, we, by the time you hear this, it'll be sold out. Very few tickets left <laughs> wow. at all. Um, you know, nearly 8,000 plus people that, 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 that will be there. And I say that to our Bulls fans, like, this is exciting. I'm glad you're coming. Let's make sure we not only uh, come loud, but let's make sure uh, we, we, we come early. Hey, there's, there's, there's special, some of you have bought the special brunch pass. There's, there's people that'll be tailgating uh, out in the parking lots. The information has been distributed about that. Our students are coming in huge numbers. So I just want uh, for everyone to have the day they expect to make sure they just, uh, it's not going to be able to just roll up at, at 12 and have an easy entrance into it. Let's, let's, let's follow the parking signs. Let's get in there, get in there early, make some noise and, and, and have, have a great time. And then when you're done with that game, uh, as I said, if you're not already going to the baseball and softball games that afternoon on Sunday, you know your 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 ticket from that basketball game will be, give you free entry into the into the baseball and softball games after that's over. So you can truly make uh, make it a great day of, of Bulls action and uh, great value, great support, a great day. And and go ahead and let that traffic clear out a little bit <laughs> while you watch some more baseball and softball. That is an amazing note as far as the tickets go. Of course, at the noon and there's way more games coming between now and noon. Sunday, but baseball playing Indiana State at 1 o'clock. Softball has a game at 2 o'clock, so you can go on out and hopefully see a triple header of victories for the Bulls. And remember, at the baseball-softball complex, you can watch both games at the same time. There's many ways to, to take it all in. And speaking of that, I wanted to, uh, before we get back to basketball on your special panel, Michael, just commend the people that work these facilities, that work these events, because just for softball alone last week, I think I counted there were 15 games. So it's not just the Bulls playing. It's not like our guys and ladies leave the facility during those games. And now you're talking about baseball with three different opponents, uh, five other softball teams coming in for this weekend, while you're talking about, of course, a huge couple of days with basketball as well. Yeah, Derek, I'm so grateful that you would bring that that up because it, it makes a couple of points. Number one, even when we had Rob Higgins on the show a couple of weeks ago, 
Um, when you see all these different schools come in on a daily basis to USF, it shows the economic impact of of USF athletics on the Tampa Bay region. We we had what five different uh, out of town softball teams last week, another three or four this week, uh, three other baseball teams coming in this week. So just huge, huge impact on, on the region. Gives our, our our teams a great chance to play against folks. And uh, and to your point, hey. Salute to all of our event management people, our guest services people, our communications, marketing, everyone, uh, those broadcasters that have to broadcast every 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 game, like yourself <laughs> and and our and our great uh, ESPN Plus team as yes. well from Bulls Broadcasting. Um, we we realize how how much effort goes into it, but man, our our fans appreciate it because if they can't be at the ballpark, they're getting first quality broadcast that they can watch at home uh, that we're we're making come alive for for Bulls Nation. So. Special salute, as you mentioned, to all those folks that are working hard, not only uh, uh, for the games that we play in, but for those of our guests that, that, that come that allow us to have and schedule those type of high caliber games that are great for our fans, great for our players, and ultimately great for our strength of schedule that's so important for postseason possibilities for our Bulls. And as you're listening to this podcast, Bulls Beat Ahead, remember Bulls Beat. I host that show on Bulls Unlimited Wednesday and Friday morning. We have so much to recap, and it's been a lot of excitement. But I want to finish up last stressed point before we get to your, our guest today. Uh, you say get there early on Sunday. What are we talking about? Because it's a noon game, and if you plan on driving in at 1145, it's going to be a tough go. It will be, and, and the lots will be uh, full. So we'll have, we'll have great messaging on the on Fowler, on Fletcher, guiding people into where to, where to park and to your parking spot. We're opening up the gates at uh, Yangling Center at 10:30 for that game, so you can get there as early as 10:30. Uh, but the gates even for tailgating are open as early as 8 o'clock. So okay. we anticipate people will be out there really early and enjoying themselves outside. Hopefully, it's a great day and. If it's not, we can get you in the building at at, at ten at ten thirty and and start to get settled. Get yourself a, a hot dog or an empanada and, and and get ready for the big game, or both, as I would probably <laughs> be trying to do on that particular day. I love doing the games. Love traveling with women's basketball. We will be at home on Tuesday night. Men's basketball hosting Tulsa on Wednesday night. Two softball games Thursday. We'll have all those on Bulls Unlimited on the radio side. Let's see, Friday's the beginning of baseball season, just to give you an idea of what Michael's talking about. Saturday, we're going to have a softball game, a baseball game, and the women's basketball game. And then Sunday, yeah, baseball's playing at the same time as the men's basketball contest. So it's a lot, and that's how we love it. But I'm going to step aside. I'll get my play-by-play microphone warmed up at some other time. But as far as this podcast goes, not just one special guest, but a truly special group. Thanks, Michael. Take it away. This week's uh, installment of Bull Speed Ahead, uh, we're having a chance to look back on a really great event that we, we were able to host in the athletic department last week, and that was a stampede for women luncheon. And three of the staff members most instrumental in putting that together uh, are joining me today, and that's uh, Kristen Pierce, Abby Ritter, and Jody Libadisos, who have all played uh, key roles in, in, in our administration and obviously keeping a great focus on Stampede for Women. So, ladies, thank you so much for joining me today. So, first off, Chris, you know, as our chief operating officer and our, our senior women administrator, we were able to launch, even prior to your coming, the Stampede for Women a couple years ago. And uh, uh, you and, and everyone on this call have been able to bring a great focus to it. But just talk a little bit about what Stampede for Women is and, and, and how it's helped guide our strategic uh, thinking and planning. Thank you, Michael. What an honor it is to be on this podcast today, certainly with some of our rock stars that helped do a lot for Stampede for Women, and, and certainly with your support and encouragement of this fund, it's really taken off. So 
I, you know, I'd love to hear more from Abby at some point on the, on this podcast as well, because she was here at the very start of this. I got the advantage of jumping into Stampede for Women after it had already started and just to see it grow, certainly coming out of COVID. It's so important for us to have this fund because a lot of people want to support women's sports, but they want to support them uh, at the broad. And so this fund really allows us to bring all of those funds, all of those supporters together as one and have a little bit more flexibility with what our women's sports need the most. So, you know, it's really evolved over time as well. We started off as, as really it being a scholarship fund as we found ways to, to fund those and have those. It's really turned more into a team building and leadership fund, also team enhancements, as well as professional development. Those are those are three of our pillars that are really important to this fund. So it's important for us to make sure that our women's teams are competitively enhanced by this fund. So making sure that they have the tools necessary to compete uh, at both the conference and national levels, especially as we're also looking and adding sports. We've been able to use this fund in conjunction with Title IX that Jody does so such a tremendous job with in her role on a daily basis as well to really provide those resources. So it's an important fund for us to have for women's athletics here to show our support of them. It's also important for us to have the flexibility that we need as things change and things evolve to make sure that our women's sports have what they need to be competitive, both at a regional, national uh, focus, as well as in the conference. Well, that's well said, Chris, and thank you for that. Obviously, it's um... You know, it's true to our overall mission as an athletic department when we were most focused on, you know, elite student athlete experience, uh, winning championships, uh, developing leaders for life, and all those things you've talked about in a general scope have, have certainly touched that. Uh, Abby, when we had the event last week, uh, it fell as it has on all three years of the actual luncheon on National Girls, Women, and Sport Day. So that's apropos for for that to happen, but. Uh, Talk about just the event itself, but then also talk about how, while it's great to have people at that event to contribute to the fund, but the way it really is kind of helping just create a bigger village of supporters for this movement that uh, that we can all engage in, and grow the support for USF Women Athletics. Sure. Thank you so much, Michael. It's been really, truly an honor uh, to be a part of this. And, um, you know, being a former student athlete myself, especially at USF, uh, makes it even more special. So. You know, we started this uh, three years ago. This is our third annual luncheon this year. And let me tell you, it continues to grow and just get bigger and better. And I think we have some, you know, key people that, that have really helped us out with that and, um, you know, pillars in the community um, that have reached out to friends and kind of brought more people in. So we've kind of year after year gone from, you know, 200 to 300 to 400. And it's really cool to see um, the community kind of show up for that and, and be so interested and engaged in what we're doing um, through Stampede for Women. But, you know, there, there's a long way to go here. Um, we're, we're really, you know, doing well, I would say, um, for the most part on the fundraising side. But my team um, in the Bulls Club is really trying to get more major gift commitments to this fund. Um, we really want to take this program to the next level. And the only way we're really going to do that um, is get more commitments from people in this community and beyond. So um, we're hoping to uh, hit the million dollar mark here um, in the next few years. We just got some recent commitments 
Um, and one in particular was a fund from Valerie Riddle, which we're so fortunate to have her on board too, which really focuses on our professional development. And um, I'm sure Jody will talk more about that. She's really created a fund that will help our female student athletes and staff um, have the opportunity to go on some pro professional development experiences. So that's really special. And with some other commitments, um, we're nearing the $750,000 mark. So a lot of uh, great things to be excited for, um, but I'm telling you, Michael, we, we need all the support that we can get to continue to elevate these, these women. And um, they're truly amazing female student athletes here at USF. Well, it's an exciting time because at a time in an era where uh, with the various challenges in the, in the country and just society in general, there's many universities that are cutting support for programs, men and women alike, uh, is cutting support in some different ways with with priority decisions they're making. And, and, and while we're striving to make all of our programs uh, stronger, we're obviously putting a keen focus on, on the bolstering our women's programs, not just with support for all the programs for facilities and, and operations alike, but even as you alluded to with the establishment of two new sports to open up even new opportunities for uh, for, for women to get their degree and fulfill the mission of USF athletics. Uh, Jody, in your, in your, while, while Abby was an athlete right here at USF, your journey uh, included being a, a student athlete, of course, at the University of Missouri, but in your time here at USF, you've had a unique opportunity to kind of lead our student athlete enhancement efforts, but then now also really focusing on, on, on a lot of uh, sport administrative areas with focus on Title IX initiatives. I guess my question to you is, is, is twofold. Number one, how uh, kind of getting more detailed on what Chris said earlier, how are we focused on utilizing these funds more specifically with some of the things that, that Abby talked about, what we've raised, and then maybe also talk with your previous responsibilities on how powerful it was to see so many uh, women student athletes be both on the panel and even serve as a MC for this particular event. Sure. Thank you, Michael. And I'm going to go with the second part first at the panel. You hit it on the head. I've gotten to watch Abby and be along for the ride kind of as she's grown as a student athlete, but even into becoming a professional. And uh, there is no greater joy in what we do than than being able to witness things like that. So it's it's from start to finish for an event like the Stampede for Women, because Abby it was a student athlete my very first year here um, and, and getting to see her grow in and then lead an initiative like this, come up with the idea and then lead an initiative like this. Um, and be a driving force and all that. But then at the very same time, watching her mentor the female student athletes that are on the stage um, from Sophia doing a great job from an MC perspective, knocked it out of the park um, to any of our female student athletes that were on the panel as well, as well as our coaches. So to watch Abby, I think Abby is a great story of that. Like she is, and, and that's why she's such a great ambassador for the program uh, because she embodies all those pieces. So when we talk about student athlete enhancement and enhancing you, the goal has always been, and you say it yourself a lot, Michael, to develop our student athletes as professionals. And it used to be for when they graduated and now with NIL, it's for right now. Um, and I just think Abby is a product of what it used to be. And our current student athletes are, product, are products, of course, of right now. And so for me, it's, a real joy just to be able to combine. I'm very passionate about female athletics, women's athletics, women in sport in all ways, um, having two daughters now myself and just my own experiences and being able to combine that with the Title IX components that we're doing and adding sports. We just have such a, everything's coming together in alignment. Um, you know, I've been here 13 years tomorrow. Valentine's Day is my work anniversary at USF. So, um, you know, to be able to, in 13 years, see the alignment that we've been able to have a lot due to your le strong leadership, but all the leadership throughout our department, community, and USF in general, to be able to 
have that focus in on on something so important as female athletics. Uh, I, I mean, I can't think of anything much better than that. So it's been a true joy to be able to watch that happen. Thank you for for for, for those insights. Yeah, hey, Chris, getting back to to you, obviously, and Jody just alluded to alignment, which is great. And and how powerful was it to be at that event and to see you know former President Judy Genshaw, forty former President you know Betty Castor current president real all being able to speak to the group all making their impact both past and present um but to see that kind of uh, power leadership but then yet also um the involvement of someone we were able to honor at this event with one of our brand new programs that the, the, with with lacrosse and the, and the role that all three of you but particularly you as sport administrator for uh, lacrosse has, has been playing so just talk about how that how that struck you and certainly uh, helped salute to uh, um, you know, the person we were able to recognize as the AAC representative for, for this uh, honor. You know, the luncheon is such a, it's a tangible way for us to talk about how we feel on a daily basis in women as being women in athletics for me. And so having the history there with some of our former presidents, having the future there with some of our student athletes, and then seeing how inspiring that can be to people who weren't athletes or people that were athletes in whatever way they're using sport to influence their lives. Jody said it well, that's our why. That's why we're doing this. So, and I think it's just incredibly inspiring for people to find different connection points. That's a really big thing for us as we're starting women's lacrosse and, and knowing that we're getting into new markets and there's different kinds of student athletes that are recruited for that sport than some of the other sports that we've had. We're going to do that again with Beach the following year. And just knowing that we're exposing USF to those new individuals and it's bringing so many more women and men into the fold to support women's athletics is incredibly inspiring. Uh, you know, I think we here in Tampa, we're the best employer for women here um, that our university has been named that. So I think we're showing that in our women's athletics too. And I think here in Tampa, it's really unique for us because we are a pro sports town. And so we have a lot of opportunities professionally for men in this city, but USF is where you go for the premier spot for women's athletics in Tampa Bay. We have shown that we can host national championships here at the highest and best levels. And so on a daily basis, if you want to compete and train and be with the best and see the support of the best, you come to USF right here in Tampa Bay. That's right. The grass really is greener here at, uh, at USF, as I like to say, in this transfer portal era right, right now. So that's really, really cool. Jody, um, you know, and Chris did a good job alluding to whether whether someone was an athlete, they weren't, just have a passion for the university or for, for this effort. Uh, it kind of struck me that recently in, a, in your personal life, uh, you, you just you just completed your first marathon and you, you expressed something to me uh, about how you know, your experience and journey as, a, as an athlete and as an administrator kind of helped you push through that. And also, you know, it was very meaningful to you and, and what you think about for our student athletes and even your, your daughter. So maybe allude to that a little bit. <laughs> sure, Michael. Uh, yes, I ran my very first and likely only marathon uh, about a week ago. So I'm still limping a little bit and recovering. But uh, for me, a lot of people were asking, of course, along the way, and I appreciate everyone's support here because US Team USF was truly Team USF, so it doesn't matter if we're a student athlete or a staff member, it, it means a lot in that way to have a family like that, um, and that really made a difference for my experience. But 
a lot of people ask along the way, why do you want, why are you doing this? Especially once you know me, I absolutely hate running. For me, it was similar to getting a PhD. Um, neither of my parents have a four-year degree, so it was something that it kind of I felt like I'm probably not meant to do that. Um, if you talk to a lot of gymnasts, we are sprinters. We are not distance runners. We are not made for that. So for me, I just it became a goal while I was in college. Um, I had an assistant coach, and she really inspired me. She had run a couple of marathons, and I, that's when I kind of thought someday I'm going to do that. And so it just became a goal. And I said, I'm going to, I think you learn a lot from the hard and the training is grueling for a marathon. So the longest training run I did was 18 miles, which probably wasn't quite enough, but then I had some injuries. And for what I, every time that I did a short run, a long run, had to set time apart or organize my life. You do a lot of thinking. You have to do a lot of for me in the marathon experience, the day of the race, I started having pain and issues in mile nine, mile 10, and I knew I still had 16, 17 miles to go. The amount of mental fortitude it takes to choose that hard over and over and over again for 16 miles teaches you things about yourself that you can't learn in any other place but sport. And uh, so for me, you know, I'm thinking about I'm overwhelmed with gratitude by all the love and support that I'm getting from people, but also I'm thinking about what is this doing to transform me to be a better version of myself for the rest of my life and what lessons am I learning? And so I think that's just the power of sport and why it's so important that we do stamping for women. We have title nine and we have, my entire life would be different if we didn't have title nine. I became a student athlete and that has forged my entire career and life and everything that I'm doing that matters outside of my family. And so the, the eternal gratitude I have for everyone that's come before me to be able to provide those opportunities. And, and I think marathon, I haven't fully looked into it, but I, like, we haven't had marathoning forever, right? And then women doing marathoning and then a, a mother doing marathon at age 40. Like there's just so many pieces to that that have transpired for women in sport to, to lead that path for that to even be an, an easy option for me to choose. Um, that is just, so I think about stuff like that on the run that might sound nerdy and maybe too much information for you, but I think about that kind of stuff and just have so much gratitude um, and, and really challenge yourself to be able to overcome pieces that you just could never come. So for me, any kind of hard you can throw at me, I might, doesn't mean I don't struggle, but I'm going to overcome that struggle and keep fighting no matter what. And I learned a, a new depth of that strength through the process of doing the marathon. Well, extremely well said and congratulations to, to you. And how cool is it that it happened uh, the week of National Girl Women in Sport Day and it kind of to, you know, happen right before our annual uh, Stampede for Women luncheon. So the timing was uh, poetic in, in that regard. So, Abby, we're going to ask you to bring it home. And, and you're probably one that's run two marathons today already uh, with, 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 your, with, your, with your background. So it's only appropriate we, we close with you. But, hey, all this momentum going on, all these great people supporting this movement tell everybody how they can get involved what do we need how can we continue to grow the stampede for women michael um there's so much that that can be done and there's three different things right time talent and treasure and of course to continue to be the best we we really do need the resources and and i think um the treasure is huge but you know if you can commit your time if you could come to a women's game i mean i'm telling you our student athletes realize um, when they have fans around supporting them, um, super important. So I would encourage that, but get involved. Um, you know, there's, our team is here. The Bulls Club is here. Um, we have a whole website on um, mybullsclub.com. You can find a page on Stampede for Women and really, you know, talks about what our goal is and what we're continuing to do. We also post events on there um, that, we, that we do, um, games, et cetera, on our social media. So be, please be sure to follow us. But I think most importantly, um, just support our, fearless, amazing female student athletes and, and do everything that you can to support them because they deserve it. 
Um, and we have a really bright future ahead here at USF and only great things are happening. And I'm, I'm so excited to be a part of it with these wonderful ladies we have here today on the call. Awesome, awesome. Well, you heard it folks. There's a way to find your passion, find your way to fit into what your passion fit might be with USF athletics and particularly in regard to the Stampede for Women, how you can support our women's programs and women's student athletes. So to Chris, Jody, Abby, thank you so much for joining this week's uh, installment of Full Speed Ahead. We appreciate your leadership. We appreciate the support of so many have given gifts and, and the committee that has helped us uh, provide their time and wisdom. Uh, lots of things great happening, and I can't wait till till next year when we have even more people packed into the uh, IPF probably for another great event with the Stampede Foreman Luncheon. So thank you, and go Bulls.